T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back in on 670 The Scar. It is Matt Spiegel, Nick Shepkowski here with you for another hour or so. What's after us? Is it Julian Maggie, but is it Julian Mark Grody? Is that right? Is that right after us? Well, my promo sheet ends on Friday, yeah. so I wish I had the perfect answer for you. I got a thumb up. You guys are correct. Nice. You guys are correct. Nice. Julian Groats, Goats coming up at 2 o'clock. Baseball's here, man. Position players are showing up if they haven't already shown up. This is how far we are into spring training um, that Yonder Alonso and John Jay are already tired of answering Manny Machado questions. Right. Well, we've I reached mean, that point. The White Sox came out and they had the, what was it, the locker next to both of those guys that's open. So I was like, what do you expect going oh, to happen God. here? Like, uh-huh. it's, you've left the locker stall open and each day that goes by. But there is, as surprising as it probably is to you, maybe, the fact that Bryce Harper is not in a camp yet, the fact that Manny Machado is not in a team's camp yet, mm-hmm. that's not the most bothersome thing to me of spring training so far, storyline-wise, so far in the first, what, week week or so that players have reported, catchers, pitchers and catchers reported roughly a week ago, players later on this week. Okay. Instead for me, and it pokes its head today, yes, it's relevant in terms of the White Sox and what they'll do with Eloy Jimenez as well. It's relevant with what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant a few years ago as well. I'm not knocking the teams for doing it. They have every right to, and it makes every bit of sense financially to. Sure. But I hate the fact. Seven being more than six. Seven being more than six. I hate the fact that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the top prospect, the top hitting prospect in all of baseball, reports to camp today for the Toronto Blue Jays. Seems like he is going to be a blast to watch for years and years to come, just like his father was. They already announced that he will start the, the, the year in spring training or in um, in AAA mm-hmm. to hone his defensive skills. Which yes, he does. If you've watched him at all, he definitely needs help there, and he's a lot of room to grow defensively. But that's a major league bat, and it's not good for the game, whatever game it is, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NHL, the NFL, or Major League Baseball, when your best players are not being put on the major league rosters. Don't you think, or let's let's say this, I think that is um, a prisoner of the moment problem that you forget as you move forward. Even with Bryant. Yeah, but you know who doesn't forget, though? Who's that? The player that's affected. Uh, yeah, but... Like but, Chris Bryant, when he hits free agency, you think that him and his agent are going to at all forget about how they were used and abused for two extra weeks? No. But no, you, without a doubt. They're going to use every bit of leverage they have, just like the club used every bit of leverage that it had at the time. But I don't think I, I don't think they wouldn't have. Like, if he brought him up early and he got a... 
It just cause, so they could have him for a couple of weeks, and they had one less year. I, I don't think Bryant and Boris use any less leverage or give any sort of hometown discount. No, but I mean, if there was at all a chance of it, you yeah. gave that long away. But in terms of good for the game or good for the fans, I'm, I'm challenging you on it because of this. When you look back, we remember the conversation regarding Bryant. But do you remember that I think it was nine games? Right? I think it was nine games that he had to wait. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Sure. And this is, what year are we talking about? 2015. F- yeah, so this is the fifth year of Bryant's career we're going on. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about 2015 when they when they got the wild card and Arietta got the win in Pittsburgh in the one nothing game, and they lose to the Mets in the NLCS, right? Yes. Th- those nine games did not weaken the season, right? Sure. Okay. Remember that the worry was, though, that because those nine games at the start of the year, Bryant was part of, they lost that division. Could to have the lost Card- the division. Yeah. yeah. It, it's conceivable. Sure. They ended up knocking out the Cardinals in the first round or in the DS, so it didn't really matter anyway. But that was at least a part of the talking points at that point where, oh, right. well, maybe if Bryant was up, this game against the Pirates would be at Wrigley instead yeah. of at PNC Park. Now, now, again, maybe this is because I have um, completely come to terms with it and I accepted that it's one of the. It, it, it used to be one of the few ways that the owners really could exert whatever little control they had. Because yeah. by, by the time guys hit free agency, they would just, you know, just pillage teams for big money. But now that's not happening. Right. So so to your point, that, that, that they don't counter each other like they used to. But let me ask you this. Last year this time, who was the biggest prospect in baseball? Do you remember? Um, Ozzy Elbies. Um, I, the other one. He's the other one on Atlanta. Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay, Acuna. Yeah, right? okay. Alb- yeah. Albies had already been up. That's but right. You got the team right. That's right. You got the team in the spot. Acuna, Acuna was the guy. Acuna Matata. Um, or Acuna. And, and then everybody everybody was watching him all spring. And he started AAA. Debuted on the 26th of April. Mm-hmm. And was freaking awesome. Was awesome all year. Awesome on the night he debuted. Um, and just repeatedly amazing. And did that, did those 26 days that he missed or whatever it was, did that damage the game overall? I just, I mean, I don't think it's good for business when you go in your opening day roster and say, all right, well, here's your opening day roster, but in two weeks it'll be different because Mm -hmm. that's when the clock officially can start on these guys and you can get an extra year of control of them. I don't like the idea of you don't go into the start of a season. It's not like, it's not like the Chicago Bears will go into next year and whoever they're First round pick. Well, they don't have a first round pick, so that's a bad example. No, but, but I understand, like, understand what you but mean. But you don't go into training camp and say, "All right, well, he's not going to play the first two weeks of the season, yeah. or the first two games of the season, because we're going to use him for the fifth year of control or sixth year of control." Sure, it's the only sport that does that. But if we are comparing it to like to the the most frustrating things, right? As it came up, the I don't know if people even really have a genuine grasp on just how absurd it is that this many people are free agents, hundred right plus still. Probably closer to 150 than just 100. And even maybe some of those guys shouldn't be on ball clubs, and they're not as good as some of the young, some cheaper of them. guys. Not over 100 Let, of no, them. No, let's call it 30. Mm-hmm. Let's call it 30 guys who you know who cares if they if they sign again. In terms of quality, you could get cheaper and and maybe have a higher ceiling with other guys. We're still talking about 80, 90 players that should be on big league rosters, and spring training is here. That is insane. That that is absolutely insane, and it's it it is it is time finally to deal with that, don't you think? I mean, it it is it is time because all these different factors that have led us to here, it's ridiculous. Can you imagine that happening in the NBA or the or the NFL that no. you hit you hit training camp 
And all these quarterbacks who are on the carousel right now, Joe Flacco just went to Denver, but all the rest of them are still out there going, where am I playing? Where am I playing? I haven't yet, haven't had an offseason to look at film. I haven't, haven't been able to take part in OTAs or not. I mean, that, it's just insane the way that is right now. Yeah, it is crazy. Like, it's not to say that I like that part of it because I don't. Yeah. I just don't like the idea of, all right, well, here it is. Your best players are sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in AAA to start a year. Yes, I, I hate that as well. I do not yeah. like that, that Bryce Harper does not have – a home for the next 10 years or whatever his contract's going to end up being yet. Same with Manny Machado. Same with some of the pitchers that'll fall into place mm-hmm. as, soon as, as soon as those two guys sign as well. Yeah. Like, that's obviously not good for the game either. It's just <laughs> a, like baseball, it's outstanding. Favorite sport. All it has been, will be, will continue to be. This isn't going to change that. But I do hate some things about it right now. The sure. way that the operations go with that. The way that the players' percentage of of revenue that they've gotten, the, the mm-hmm. return on their salaries has declined by percentages year after year the after fact year, that the, going absolutely. on a constant run. The fact that there is no structure to the offseason in terms of the timing of things. It's the mm-hmm. only sport like that, and that's just ridiculous. It needs to end. Sure, That part needs to end because you have no deadline for either, and you get you get management and players each like driving a tractor, like that scene in Footloose when Kevin Bacon gets his shoelace caught on the base uh, on the on the gas pedal, yeah, and that's the only reason he wins. Chicken, I mean, I I I I comp most things in my life to Footloose. It's just kind of how I roll. I wasn't expecting a Footloose reference today, but yeah. I'm glad I got one. Here you That's are. why I got out of bed. Uh, here you are, kid. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, they're they're doing that, and it's just it's insane. I I thought this was interesting. Um, what Brad Brock had brought up, your newest Cub reliever, I guess not newest, Xavier Cedeno. Yeah, it's your newest. X going to give it to you. But Brad Brock talking about his free agency said, quote, it was stressful and it kind of dragged on forever. You hear about interest in the first week, and then you don't get offers until late December, January, and you're just kind of wondering what's going on. Teams say they like you, but they're not making you any offers. Then you finally get offers, and six or seven teams are giving you the exact same offer. Let's think about that for a minute. It's crazy. He says it um, later. He got, he got $4.35 million for one year guaranteed. And he said, I don't know what to make of it. We talked to certain teams and they told us, we have an algorithm and here's where you fall in that scale. It's just kind of weird that all offers are the same, that come around the same time and everybody tells you there's an algorithm. But you figure teams have different ones, but I don't know. So is that collusion or is it what I've been arguing is that just collective wisdom, just the spread of collective learned wisdom leading to a group think that reads as collusion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm just trying. I have problems believing that the algorithm that is put together is that to a T. Like that much of, all right, well, I got six offers. I got seven offers this offseason. They were all the exact same thing. <laughs> Everybody like, gave very one year, a little four, bit, three, five. Like a little bit different. Like be off by a few hundred thousand dollars somewhere in there. Someone kick in and say two years is a better idea here. Yeah. Something like the fact that it's that universal is is weird. Yes, that's that reek that stinks of something bad to me. Well, and doesn't hasn't FanGraphs um, like don't they have haven't they put the exact amount of dollars on a win for war? Yes. Yeah. Right. D- d- don't don't they have a they have a formula for that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 100. They do. So the, yeah. So exactly what a win is worth, and a win is one win and wins above replacement. So 
if Fangraphs is doing that, you know that every team has its own algorithm mm-hmm. for that. And maybe as guys move, they they share that kind of thing. Or if you're the Cardinals, you just steal it from the Astros. Right, yeah, just don't change some passwords. Right, and... exactly. Or or have they all? Is it everybody's doing it basically the same way? I I don't know. I think it's possible. I think it's possible that that is one that level close. You think that's one level of the pervasive groupthink that has taken place. There's no doubt there's groupthink that goes on, but for it to play out that way and be that similar of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just think that some system, some computer, whatever it is, yeah. like would punch out a different number. Why is it right. so stinking the, close that there's no difference? Right, that one team would value Brad Brock's specific matchup with a certain kind of yeah. hitter more than another team would. Or ballparks would factor into what kind of pitcher he is, and I don't know the numbers behind it. I don't know if he's a fly ball guy, a ground ball guy, what it is. It's a great, like, it's a great that point. That, that an individual team's ballpark his value is going to play. And just for instance, his value as a Milwaukee Brewer would be different than his value as a Cub just because of ballpark differential. That's a great point. So how, so how could all those teams have the same number. Yeah, so, so maybe they are sharing it. Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. It, it stinks of something to me. It stinks of collusion. stinks mm-hmm. of, yes, the group think thing to me. This um, this from Mailman Keith in Lamont. Guys, remember last year when the, the, the agent brought like 60-plus players to Florida and had their own spring training? Yes, yeah, so the Boris Academy. Why does no one seem to remember this? It was a year ago. Now people act as if this season is something different. Mailman Keith in Lamont. You know why this season feels different? Because this crop of free agents was that much better. Well, yeah. This was supposed to be the like the NBA class in 2010 when you're waiting on LeBron, Dwayne Wade, um, all the stars, Chris Bosh, yep. Carlos Boozer. Waiting on all those to sign. That's what this year was supposed to be. Right. Oh, my goodness. Where's oh, where's Harper going to go? Where's Machado going to go? Is Clayton Kershaw going to opt out? Where's Dallas Keuchel going to end up? Yeah. And it's February 16th. Every team has had their pitchers and catchers report. The rest of the position players that haven't shown up are showing up today in the camps that and to, uh, are getting going. Two ge- two generational talents at the age of 26 right. it's are not, not, like are not getting the offers. No. And like that's the argument, oh, well, Albert Pujols is awful at the back of his contract. Albert yeah. Pujols was also 31 when he signed with the Angels. Yeah, you knew like, that you was knew going that to happen. Was coming. Absolutely. You signed a 10-year contract to Manny Machado. You signed a 10-year contract to Bryce Harper. Okay. It's not going to be the same at 33 as right. it is at 26, but it's not going to be like Pujols was at 36 either, mm-hmm. like 36 to 40 years. Yeah, history, like That's not going to be there for you. History actually tells you, you take a guy like Machado, you take his first five years, and you you project out what his next 10 years will be. Like I, I had this a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about it with Bruce um, Levine on Inside Baseball, is that there are 43 guys, I think it was Anthony Castrovance at MLB.com, had found 43 comps for people whose first five years were in the same range as Manny Machado's first five years, right? And of those 43, you looked at their next 10 years, and I'd say out of the 43, I think it was 37 of them would have been worth a 10-year contract. <laughs> 37 of them, like, there was a whole bunch of yeah. Hall of Famers, a whole bunch of multiple All-Stars. There was only a couple of duds in there. But like 37 out of 43, you would have said, absolutely, I'll take the next 10 years of Gary Carter's career or Scott Rowland's career or like guys like that mm-hmm. were, in, were in that pile. You know one guy that was, uh, was supposed to be hitting his prime when he was 26-ish years old and oh, hitting boy. free agency oh, that things didn't so much go for? He was the big fish that the Cubs landed, though, and Jason Hayward, yeah. he also that applied to him. You wonder if that if that is instructive at all. Uh, if that's part of what's being instructive. That's a 26-year-old guy. Like Hayward was obviously as an exciting addition. 
and he was fresh in our minds because he had a great year with St. Louis the year before. He wasn't as good as either but of these two guys. Yes, he wasn't a top 15 player in baseball. No one thought of Hayward as like that good. Thought, okay, absolutely elite defender, very good bat, yeah. wish he'd have more power. I thought like, these guys still... are five-tool, great-at-everything players. Yeah. I, I thought Hayward still had, had room to grow, and we were going to get the very best of his career. Well, he still has room to grow well, if you're looking optimistically. I don't know. As a, as a, <laughs> as a, uh, as, as a weight room speaker. That's right. He Motivational speaker is certainly, what he will be. certainly grew in that. It is 670 the score. Hey, it's the 35th anniversary of Footloose today. Is it really? How about Look at it? that. How about it? Wow. No, nothing but Footloose references the oh, rest boy. of the way. Can't you, wait. You've Kenny got a, Loggins. Let's get going. You got a top 100 for me? I do have a top 100 for uh, you. You interested to hear my top 100? Yes. Not so much my top 100. Well. But the MLB Network came out with their MLB Top 100 entering the 2019 season. We can go over here in the last uh, last bit of this show if you'd oh, like. Oh, I like that. Because there's parts of it that, that stick out to me. Mm-hmm. And just, it's I get it, recency bias applies to it. So yeah. you think, what did guys do last year? And there's overvalue and undervalue sure. and go on. Because right now I'm thinking of the guy who should be the number one starting pitcher, the highest starting pitcher on that list, and I don't know that he will be. Mm, I You're probably right. For the guy that I would... Yes, you probably. Right? I, I I think. All right. Well, well, we'll talk about that, and we'll continue with your phone calls three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Spigs and Chipkowski right here on six seventy. The score. Michael Kopech of the White Sox talking this week. Called uh, Eloy Jimenez the Babe Ruth of our generation. That's early. I'm going to go out and call that one early. What happened to the last guy that's supposed to be Babe Ruth in this town? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Babe freaking Ruth? Uh. What happened with that? <laughs> Did he turn out to be Babe Ruth? Well, at least. Just checking in. At least he was lefty and kind of squat. <laughs> And portly <laughs> and portly. He was lefty and portly and squat. Not with even a very, portly anymore. No, I know. With a very, very simple little power stroke, you know. Uh, speaking of not portly anymore, Daniel Palka has shown up to White Sox camp. He's lost like best seven, shape of his life. seven to 17 or 18 pounds in the best shape of his life. Come go. on, man. We were enjoying your girth. That's right. It's more fun to watch a girthful. That's I, be told. Fully agree. You know, this hour brought to you by family Hyundai. Could not agree with you possibly more. On that. Oh, God. Yeah, the Babe Ruth of our time. Oh, way not to put too much expectation on uh-huh. a teammate or anything to come on and uh, change the world. Yeah, no. Uh, well, that might have gotten to Schwarber. <laughs> You're right. They might have might might have said that a, a little a little too often there on the early side. They Nick were Sh- right early on. What's too. that? They were kind of right they early on. They were right. On. It's just they the longevity right. didn't so much hold up. But they're counting on Babe Ruth to have a bounce back year. Right. Babe Ruth known for bounce back years. He was kind of known for just having great year after great year. Oh right? uh, yeah, just year you after know, year after year. Think of him as a bounce back guy. Just kind of doing. Yeah, no, just you know, just he didn't he just bounced <laughs> forward. He just toppled forward over and over and over again. And from train car to train car as he uh, was hammered going from city to city. Uh, all right, so what you got? You got top 100 players in baseball according to MLB.com? Yeah, MLB.com, MLB, okay. MLB Network combined on this was released earlier this week and they went over the top 100 players in all of baseball mm. and they rank it kind of like the NFL Network does 
sure. at the end of each season, before the start of each season. Not really a surprise in terms of like who's number one, who's the best player in baseball. It's Mike and Trout. It's Mike Trout. That's no surprise there. So the first thing I want to ask you, like as you were telling me that, I was thinking, if it's me and I'm doing this list, Max Scherzer is my number one starting pitcher. He is number five in terms of all of baseball. And number one of starting pitchers. He is, okay, he is good. the number one go-to. Good. Because right if you ask me, I can take stock in just one pitcher this coming year to be dominant and be himself. I mean, I, I just I would go Scherzer just because of the absurd consistency. Yeah. Like uh, he's he's as good as it gets. And what? He finished second in the Cy Young last year. So, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It just happened to be that Jacob deGrom was unworldly. Right. I, 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 they would be silly if they put deGrom over Scherzer. Yeah, even DeGrom, DeGrom is, is better. the yeah, – Is he second? DeGrom was the second pitcher. He comes in at 10th overall there. Chris Sale, third in terms of pitchers. 13th mm. overall. And where's Verlander? Uh, Verlander checks in just inside the top 20. Uh, actually, number 20 overall. And is he the fourth yeah, starting fourth, pitcher? Fourth starting pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Verlander is... A... Corey Kluber comes in at 23rd, fifth mm. pitcher. And then uh, Aaron Nola and Clayton Kershaw, 24 and 25. I don't know Kershaw's, if I put Kershaw 25 Kershaw's right now. Kershaw's reputation. That's not so much on what he is right now. No. I mean, unless unless a couple of months off here in the offseason have brought the velocity back. I mean, he's he still can be brilliant, but he's not right. He's not, He's not. not what he was two, three years ago. Heck no. Not, no. He's not a historic... Pitcher mm-hmm. in regards to what he is right now, no. yeah, in his in his prime and his best years, he was as good as it gets. That's not right now, though. God, with him, um, look at the numbers. By the way, the, the money that Aaron Nola signed for, you know, it's like it it was fifty six point seven five million over five years, and that includes the club option for twenty twenty three. So it's really a four year forty five million dollar deal. And I saw some people saying, Oh man, he signed for too little. He signed for, for you know too. they're buying out what, three years? Yeah. Three years of control? Yeah. The free agent he could possibly be as twenty twenty three. Okay. So yeah. So actually so four so four years. Nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. They're buying out four years of control. So when he gets a guaranteed $45 million, this is still generational wealth we're talking about here. Sure. I mean, that's that's reminiscent of what the Sox did with their Absolutely. Quintana and sale deals. Yep. Like that's, that falls right in line with what they did, and it, it, the Phillies just happened to find somebody that took them up on the offer. Yep, Luis Cubs, Severino, yeah. the same thing yesterday for the Yanks. Yeah, the Cubs tried to do that with some of their young talent, and... Rizzo did it initially. Did it with Rizzo. They tried to do it with Bryant. He had no interest whatsoever. Did it with Castro. Yeah, did it with Castro. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we're able to, I mean, not get a whole lot back for him. It was Adam Warren, but yeah. that was maybe made that contract a little more movable after a rough year he had in 2015. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that falls right in line with that, those. All right. Uh, so so speak to me about that that top 100. What else, what else piques your interest? So Trout is number one. So then I've got three position players between him and Max Scherzer. Yeah, can you name them? One of them, a reigning MVP. Um, a really good team that won a ton of games last year. Really good, good player on a good team. And they won a World Series last year. Last year they won a World Series, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts comes in number two. Wow, I um, love that. Third overall is a National League player. Didn't actually win the MVP last year, but very well could have. He is, I mean, 
Chris Bryant, people get upset when you say this, but he's as good as it gets at that position. Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. His third overall. Third overall. So it he's seems... finally gotten over the hump of the Colorado stench. I guess. You yeah, know? At least in the national media's but, eyes. I don't know who all voted on this. Over the Colorado splits. Well, he's brilliant defensively, he's too. Awesome defensively. All right, and so... Number four, um, a shortstop that is, I think, as exciting of player as there is in Francisco the game today. Lindor. Francisco Lindor. I love Frankie Lindor with a ton more power than they ever really thought he'd have by right. this time in his career. Right. So that's He's fabulous. And then Scherzer rounds out your top five. A couple of Astros at six and seven. Altuve and Correa. Altuve. Altuve's one of them. He's sixth. And who had a breakout year last Bregman. year? Bregman. Bregman. Alex seventh Bregman. Seventh best player in baseball. Damn! That he is a great hot. year. He sure that's, did. That's based off of one year of work. I well, I don't doubt he's not going to be extremely good from what he showed. That might seem a little strong to me. Man, that's, that, that's, that's who the White Sox wanted for sale. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's sale. Well, if Sale had gone to Houston, they were they were hoping that they could pry Alex Bregman away. Yeah, because remember they had they had people. The, the Astros had people manning manning third base. Bregman wasn't a necessity. Right. I mean, that was the thought kind of as well. Is even when the Astros won the World Series, mm-hmm. was Bregman okay? It's a nice piece, but imagine if they would have drafted Bryant for third base instead. What mm-hmm. that roster would be, what that team would be, what that lineup would be. Where's um, Where's Jose Ramirez of the Indians? Not too much further down. The reigning National League MVP checks in at number eight, and Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez number nine. Before you get to the second pitcher, Jacob Degrom at ten. Okay, so the, that's our top ten. I couldn't help notice there are no Cubs and no White Sox yeah. so far. No Cubs and no White Sox. If you were to go to the next ten down, we get a Cub. We do not get a Cub. We do not get a White Sox. Okay. If you go another eight down from there, then we get Chris Bryant. Nobody still. You have to check in at number 29 to get the first Chicago representation on the MLB Network Top 100 in the game list, who is Anthony Rizzo. Not Anthony Rizzo. Not Chris Bryant. Not Chris Bryant. Again, recency bias on this. Javier Baez. Javier Baez. Number 29. 29 top of any Chicago player on this list. Wow, that is um, that is a big penalty for an injury-plagued year for Chris Bryant, right? Bryant comes in number thirty-two, right behind, uh, or right behind Carlos Correa, right, behind, right ahead of Matt Carpenter. Rizzo checks in at thirty-four. <laughs> so Bryant so and Rizzo right there next to each three other. Three Cubs in within what six spots of each other, uh-huh. kind of making it up right there. That makes sense. It seems strong. I mean, Baez's defense obviously great. That's not going to go away. I don't, I don't buy the consistency with him at the plate, and I know he's gotten better each year. So it's not like it's been. Last year was such a jump, and his strikeout numbers are still they're significantly better for him, yeah. but they're still high. I have trouble believing that he keeps that up with any. I mean, with that type of regularity mm. like he did last year. I think I, I I love that he's up there though because it is it is a reward for the overall game. The yeah. the brilliance as a base runner, the brilliance and versatility defensively. So I'm I'm okay with it. I know that that is higher than the offensive consistency should allow him to be, but the overall game is is deserving. Mm-hmm. All right, so you got those three right there. Is there a Cubs pitcher? Is Lester in there he somewhere? Scrapes by. Care to guess where John Lester checks in on Eight, this one? Eighty-five, close. John Lester actually checks in at ninety-eight. Just squeezes onto the <laughs> list. Only one other player representing the city of Chicago on this list would be Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. 
77th overall. Wow. He's the Sox representative here on this list. But, yeah, it's the baseball and Major League Baseball's top 100. Interesting. Um, that, that's mostly what stuck out to me was that there was no Cubs in the top 25 of that part. And then just the uh, – Three of them between 29 and 34. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of stunk of a, a little bit of recency bias and in terms of Lester's uh, the only other one. So there's four Cubs in the top hundred. Four Cubs in the top one hundred. A lot of people are sending me this link today. I haven't read the story yet on five thirty eight dot com about how the Cubs have already missed their chance to be a dynasty. That's that's a pretty severe take to offer here, coming off ninety five wins, and uh, you know it, it, I know I know it was a very sad off season in which they did very little, but I don't think you can say that. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't think you're you coming off that. of 95 wins where last year was frustrating. And I don't want to make excuses, but mm-hmm. just kind of state that you have an MVP candidate and when he's healthy, has shown that from the first day he walked into a big league clubhouse, and that's Chris Bryant. He was not healthy for the majority of last year, and his numbers showed that. You have a huge free agent signing in you Darvish mm-hmm. last year that gave you nothing. The word came out this week when he met the media that he wasn't feeling healthy when he got traded to the Dodgers the years previous. Yeah. And that can only go up this year. Not saying I, I'm not buying into like, oh my God, well, he's going to be a front of the rotation type of guy and he's going to mm-hmm. return to form. But you should get something pretty significant back from him and what he was able to give you on the mound this year. And you couple all that together and like, I don't know, you look at a team that, Yes, the division's loaded. Yes, the division's going to be harder to win. And yes, you're going to have to have bounce back years from others. Well, you can't. But you still have. What, you're you're what, starting ahead of a lot of other teams. What's, still, what, what's an MLB dynasty these days? What, what, Great question. What, what, what are you What are you talking about? You're talking about. I mean, I've always thought that this winning window was going to be somewhere between five and seven years of being in contention, being right at the top. Mm-hmm. And if we're calling 2015 a bonus year, right? Then 16. 17, 18, and now 19, this is absolutely one, and 2020 should be one as well, right? And, and ideally 2021, so you're looking at, like, a, that would be your seven years. That'd be your seven-year window. Then Theo marches off into the sunset to, to rule the world. Yeah, well, that's what, I don't know, I think you look at it through the length of Chris Bryant's contract when you either have to control, give yeah. him a king's ransom mm-hmm. to, to keep him being a Chicago Cub or he takes a ton of money elsewhere. You look at those seven years, and so far, yeah, you've seen him go to an NLCS the first year, win the World Series the second year, yeah. back to the NLCS. Last year ended in disappointment that was still a 95-win team. Right. Where does it go from here? It's hard to see them. I mean, there's reason to be optimistic, like I just said. Guys coming off of injuries that you expect to have solid years and have shown that in their careers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in terms of being like what, 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 a real World Series threat and a team good enough and crisp enough to win a World Series or win a National League. doesn't feel like it right now. doesn't. And it's based largely on, at least for me, the guys that don't have the track record of like sustained success that you're mm-hmm. relying so heavily on to have bounced back years all kind of together. Yeah, you need Hamels to be what he was here in that last six weeks. You need him to be that the entire season. Mm-hmm. You need Darvish to to bounce back, uh, obviously heavily. You need Lester to 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 pull you know another year or yeah. two of 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 excellence out of uh, what is dwindling stuff. Sure, guy not throwing as hard as he used to, and he never will again. He's transitioned as a pitcher. Effectively. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, done great at that because there's multiple times we've talked about, oh, man, Lester, mm-hmm. this is in decline, in decline. And then he reworks a couple of things, and two or three starts later, he goes on goes on a heck of a run. Bart in Darien has been hanging in very patient. We appreciate your patience. Bart, you're on the score with Speaks and Shep. What do you say, man? 
hey, I want to be a uh, play devil's advocate, and I'm going to be an owner. Okay. And uh, I think if we don't know what contracts have been offered for these various free agents, and my take is I think the owners are saying if, if say, Machado and Harper said, hey, I'll, 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 I'll go for a four-year contract, I think there'd be 15 teams offering $30 million. I think baseball is one of those sports where that contract is guaranteed. So if you look at it from risk assessment, they're saying, you know, if this guy gets hurt in year four or five and I'm going to lose him for two years, that's a heck of a risk I'm taking. Absolutely. It's always been crazy. It's always been crazy that you're dealing with that much of a guarantee when a guy could break his leg and lose his effectiveness for year after year. Yeah. year. And, and the analytics with the 30 years, you know, I just I shrug my shoulders on that. I really think it's taking that risk for a number of years. Mm-hmm. If I was, if, if let me ask you a question: If you were an owner, it's always easy to spend somebody else's money. If you were an owner, would you want to take a thirty million dollar risk on a player, no matter how good he is, for ten years, knowing that if something happened, he gets a Tommy a pitcher, gets a Tommy Tommy John surgery, it's costing me two years at thirty million dollars. And I'm going to lose him for two years. If I, if I am the Phillies with a television deal that guarantees me somewhere between 180 and $200 million a year that I know is gravy on top of my other operating revenues and such, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. How, how valuable is a World Series to a franchise? If you invest the $30 million a year for whoever it is, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and they help you get over the hump and win a world series mm-hmm. how much does that add in revenue more than pays for itself if you're a team that's close then yes i still hand out yes it's easy to spend other people's money no doubt about it you're right when you say that but if you're that close to thinking that you're in world series contention yeah. like yes i am okay with spending money on adding a true superstar it's uh, it's a big old big old market correction that's mm-hmm. going on right here got a lot of smart front offices either colluding or just um, taking part in some pervasive groupthink. But it's a big old correction that's taking place, and it is awkward. It is awkward for a lot of people. He's Nick Shepkowski. I'm Matt Spiegel. Lots more to come before the top of the hour when Julie DeCaro and Mark Grody take over here on 670 The Score. Bears fans, number 89, the coach, Mike Ditka. A fairly iconic Chicago athletic sports voice. Really only when frozen. I prefer my George McCaskey frozen. It's just kind of how I roll. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No. Magical night when he helped retire Mike Ditka's number 89. Yeah, I felt bad for him because the entire mechanism, just like the vocal cords, the the lips, um, the larynx, um, everything that you use really to create sound from your body, you know, the uvula that's in the back there, the little thing that's hanging. It's yeah. every, everything you've got was, Freezes up. was not working. was yeah. not working for him. It's what negative five or whatever it was that night will do to you. I don't know. He man. needed to do your vocal exercises that you, that no, you no, did no, before. No, 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 no. Exactly. He should have been walking down the halls of, of Soldier Field. And, whoa. Um, <sighs> um, 670, the score is where you are. <laughs> Matt Spiegel, Nick Shevkowski. So uh, CeCe Sabathia just made it official, Okay. This is going to be his final year. And, you know, when it comes time to debate his Hall of Fame candidacy in five years, it's actually going to look pretty good. 
in terms of modern pitchers and how we measure stuff these days. I don't know if it'll get in. He certainly won't get in early, um, but it, it's going to look a lot better than, than you might think. And some of that is just simply longevity and just hanging around. Compilation type stuff, yeah. Sure. How about starts? How about, is that important to start games? I, to show up every fifth day. I mean, we've come to know what that value is. GMs talk about it all the time. Just a guy who's going to show up and do that for me. These days, some of them might not even go five or six innings, and it's, it's lost some value. But really, just health and showing up and pitching. Yeah, that, that and innings pitch to me. I mean, it goes hand in hand when you're talking starter, starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. But just getting into games and getting deep into games, I get it. The cha- game's changed more and more. But I think that helps Sabathia's case, and I know that this reliever revolution has gone on in the latter years of his career, Mm -hmm. but that's a guy that each time that he seemingly took the ball for a good 12-year run or so, your thought was, all right, well, the big guy's going seven innings tonight, and if they get more than two, they're going to be lucky as hell. He's number one among active pitchers in innings pitched, number 75 all time. 3,470 innings for C.C. Sabathia. It's pretty good. Number 75 all time. In terms of starts, showing up, Mm -hmm. being healthy, going there, pitching, C.C. Sabathia has 538 career starts. That is tied for 33rd in the history of baseball. It's crazy. And that's back when, I mean, you're comparing him to pitchers in history that used to go a heck of a lot more than 32-ish starts a year. Christy Mathewson is ahead of him at 552. Um, Cy Young, number one, at 815 starts. Then Nolan Ryan at 773 starts. Jeez. Then Don Sutton, Greg Maddox, all the way up there yeah, at number played four. Until he's, what, 44, 45? Yep. Phil Necro, Steve Carlton, Roger Clemens, Tommy John, Gaylord Perry, and Pud Galvin. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We got a Pud Galvin reference. So there's CeCe Sabathia, 33rd all time in starts. Uh, the only active pitcher, well, technically active, who's ahead of him, is Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Like, yeah, another one of your free agents that's yet to sign. Yeah. I'm trying to think here, and I overthought it. Yeah, Bartolo Colon, that should have been obvious. you got to go all the way down to number 109 to find Justin Verlander. And then maybe the most impressive one, how about strikeouts for CC Sabathia? He is 17th all-time in strikeouts. I would not have guessed that. I never thought of him as a big strikeout guy. He was again. for certain periods of, of his career, yeah. but... 2,986 strikeouts. He needs. So he's going to get 3,000 this year. And he will become the 17th man ever with 3,000 strikeouts. That, that's pretty amazing. Justin Verlander's at 2,706. So he will also get there. Uh, not this year, probably, but, but yeah, next year. year if he did. Yeah. But Sabathia will be the 17th guy all time with 3,000 strikeouts. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a hell of a career. And, I mean, it's one that, I don't know, I always rooted for C.C. Sabathia, whether it was his Cleveland days, Mm -hmm. his openness about his battles with alcohol for part of his run in New York. Absolutely, Just an easy guy to root for, was honest about things. Totally agree. Took the the huge contract and knew what was coming with it, the pressures of playing in New York for that kind of money, and he embraced it, and he was – Pretty transparent throughout the entire thing. I've always thought a very easy guy to root for. Remember the year he lost weight in the offseason and they asked him what? They asked him how he did it? Captain Crunch. He said he cut out Captain (laughs) Crunch. I mean, I'll stand by the Captain Crunches of the world. Oh, come on, man. He said 25 pounds. He said he dropped 25 pounds and not eating Captain Crunch is the key to uh, his weight loss. That's CeCe Sabathia. So disappointing, though. 
Like it, it sucks when you get old and you, you give up the kids' good cereals and you get the healthy stuff. Just don't you? Know, you? you know what you need to do? Like I love the I love when you go on vacation and you're at a hotel and it's oh, like yeah. continental breakfast. Uh, and yeah, it's like the yeah, the bagels are. It's like I am all over the yeah. cereal. Well, there's really it's only like, there's really only one solution. It's a very common solution for your problem. Um, have a child. <laughs> And then eventually they start bringing that stuff back in. <laughs> it's amazing. The, then you steal the child's food. Perfect. <laughs> well, they, I love this plan. Not even, is, is it stealing if it's I, on top I of guess. your refrigerator? Right. Yeah, it's a great fruit, question. There's Fruit Loops and Cap'n Crunch there? Come no. on. I mean, you've got to eat, too. It happens to be there. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Little Billy, you're going and you're eating the healthy stuff. I've got the, yeah. I've got the golden grams today. The danger is when he's like, when he finishes his dinner and there's still like a third of his portion of macaroni and cheese left, uh-huh. and you're like, should I throw that out? Should I save it? Nah. <laughs> Let me just hammer that home. I'll just take care of that. <laughs> Let me hammer, hammer that home on its way to the garbage. I do that with my nephews already. Oh, so that's yeah. same. If it's, I ever have a kid, they'll be more of the same. It's not a good idea. Uh, this bottom of the hour brought to you by the National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. Visit Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Schaumburg. It's February 22nd to the 24th. Nation's largest upland hunting and conservation expo focuses on bird dogs, wild game cooking, and hunting heritage with over 400 vendors and great seminars. Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic has something for you. Visit pheasantfest.org. Bottom of the hour also brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Chicago Wolves been providing affordable winning hockey for 25 years. Celebrate tomorrow at 3 as the Wolves host the Iowa Wild at Allstate Arena. Enjoy free parking courtesy of Kia and discounted concession items. Visit ChicagoWolves.com We need to thank Adam Stadzinski. We need to thank Zach Withers. We need to thank Will Perdue, who was on this show. Breaking down pitching. Uh, yeah, really. Had long, long Kyle Hendricks thoughts and great Michael Jordan thoughts. Uh, Shep, thanks, man. That was really fun. Dude, that was easy. That was a blast. Um, I'm going to be on Monday. I'm working with Connor McKnight on Monday and for Dan Bernstein on I'm Monday. Celebrating President's Day with a day of work. You know? Why not? Here, too. Why not? I got nothing else to do. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Julie DeCaro and Mark Grody are next right here on 670 The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.